Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. A nice long-term outlook for the Knicks. Legs, uh, what about the next month or so? What what do we expect to see from them in this year's playoffs? Yeah, well, look, they pushed this thing forward by a mile, and Brunson is the main reason for that. And I think they could beat Cleveland potentially in the first round, but it stopped there, just like Tim said. I think it's a five or six game series after that against Milwaukee. Um, the Bucks just are just too much, too deep. The Knicks have, have moved it to a position now where you can see them start to become relevant. They're inching toward being a contender in the East. But right now, they're not on a level with the Bucks or the Celtics. I actually thought at one point Philadelphia was flirting with that four spot and they were battling with Cleveland. If Philly had dropped to four, I, I thought maybe that was a team the Knicks could potentially beat in the first round. But when you're talking about Milwaukee, Boston, that's a different class right now for the Knicks. They still need to add more to get to that level. That's my buddy Tim Legler. He's doing my show every week down in Miami. Bill Jethro Tall for Brini. Talking about the Knickerbockers. Laura Curran just sent me this. She goes, that Stossel interview, I was riveted the entire time. Weirdly suspenseful. Couldn't shut it off. Oh, my God. Wild. You handled them so well. I swear to God, I've gotten more on this Stossel interview than Eric Adams and the Trumps, all them combined. Because it was... Odd and weird and beautiful, all those things. But now we go to the man, one of my dearest friends, just a lovely human being, also the best NBA announcer in the world today, Hall of Famer, whether he's doing the Knicks or the NBA Finals with Jackson and Van Gundy. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the great Mike Breen. Michael, good morning. How are you? The only thing I can guarantee you is that this will not be a weirdly suspenseful <laughs> I, uh, you won't be, I got I to gotta tell you a story. So uh, I got a lot of nicknames lately. All my friends give me tickets. Corey Zelnick and Dr. Mark Siegel and O'Reilly, all these people. And I usually get really good seats. So uh, the last game I went to, Corey gave me his seats, and I sat right by the scorer's table where Breen sits, you know. And I took Danielle and my son Gabe and Gabe's buddy Ashton. I think the Knicks played the Nets that night. So long story short, you didn't know this, Mike, but my son Gabe, he's become a huge Knicks fan, huge Knicks fan. But he only wanted to meet you that night. Chris Rock was there and all these people. I got to meet Breen. So it's about five minutes before the game starts, and I walk Gabriel over to the desk where you're doing an on-court pregame interview with Walt Clyde Frazier. I see the guy I know for 25 years, Dave Freed. We go back 25 years. And then your female producer jumps in and basically pushes me and Gabe out of the way because in her defense, she was doing her job. You were doing the pregame show. And Gabe never met you that night, and he's been upset ever since, just so you know. <laughs> well, we, we'll write that wrong in terms of meeting Gabe. I look forward to meeting him. But I have yeah. to say this. Before the games, and it has nothing to do with me, um, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that come over to see Clyde, get an autograph, take yeah. a picture. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to the point where he can't, he can't even do his job. 
and you need somebody there to be strong, to hold people off. I've never seen anything like it, and each year it seems to get worse, worse in terms of, you know, the people coming over. It's wonderful and and touching how so many people want to meet them. But you have to have somebody to do that. So yeah. we'll make sure that we'll make sure that uh, I meet Gabe and that Gabe meets Clyde as well. Uh, she was great. She did her job. And we had met Clyde before because when you sit in those seats, you, you end up in that very uh, you know ritzy Delta club before the game. And Walt does this a lot. He goes to that club before the game to meet the kids. He's a wonderful guy. So we took pictures with Walt, but again, he didn't even want Walt. He wanted you. So we have to set well, that up, Gabe and Mike Breen. Um, yeah, listen. By the way, I did say to her before, yeah. I said, whatever you do, don't <laughs> let Sid come on the court. You probably did. Uh, also, <laughs> I, I did want to get to you a few weeks ago when uh, we lost Willis Reed. And uh, Marv was on the show, and Marv had uh, just beautiful things to say about you. By the way, who doesn't? Uh, that night, uh, I did see a really nice uh, piece on the scoreboard before the game about the captain. And I know you're uh, a little young. You weren't doing Nick games back then, but uh, certainly you, you know the history of the organization. You're a student of the game. Willis Reed's loss meant what to you and the Nick organization? Well, he just he was this larger-than-life character. Um, who represented the greatest moment in the history of the franchise. And he did it always with uh, a tough competitiveness on the court, uh, would refuse to back down from anyone. But off the court, he, he had this just humble kindness about him that made even his teammates on that championship team. And these are some of the most accomplished basketball players of all time. And in terms of off the court, some of the, the most accomplished men Yet the reverence for this man uh, was something that always struck me. Every time they got together, um, the way they treated him was different the way they treated all the others. And Clyde, who, again, is one of the greatest players of all time, that was his role model. And when I'd hear the stories the way they talked about him, I realized it was more than just what he did on the court in terms of numbers. It was even more than what he did the court in terms of leadership. He just was somebody that represented them and represented the franchise with such grace and dignity um, that he is as important as anybody in the history of the franchise. Well said. Hall of Famer, dear friend, the best in the business, Mike Breen, who is very handsome. I have to say the gray beard, mustache, hair with the color suit you wear, and take this from a bald, tan muscle guy, you look very handsome on television during the games, Mike. <laughs> To you. First off, you have to you have to throw in the gray part about it. So that's a little shot. And then when you're describing yourself, you have to put muscle. Like, well, what's wrong with you? Well, because what happened, and I hate telling this story, what do I do? But the last Nick game I was at, somebody thought I was The Rock. And uh, it's a true story. And it really bothered my wife, Danielle. She hates that. So when people do that, she goes, well, he's more like the pebble than he is The Rock. But... <laughs> Well, you get you. I do get the rock. You know who I've gotten a, a few times recently. Every, every once in a while, I get it. Um, I get Anderson Cooper. I can People see that. I'm Anderson Cooper. Yes, I can uh, that's see that's an insult to Anderson Cooper, but <laughs> it's still nice. To, it's nice for me. No, no, no. You're a very handsome man. And I tell you what, before we get the actual team on the court, you talk about all the all the attention Clyde gets before the game. So you know me. I I, I yeah, I'm the number one radio host. Blah blah blah. I don't, I'm, I'm the biggest. Star sticker. I'm the worst, biggest uh, the jock guy in the world. So I look around the crowd before the game, and anybody who's moderately famous, 
I got to get a picture with. So the last couple of weeks, I've gotten Liv Schreiber, Chris Rock, Tracy Morgan. But then, Mike, they do the, the scoreboard, and they point out all these famous people, you know. And That's I right. get it. Listen, I, I'm not in Kevin Bacon's class. I'm not in Liam Neeson's class. I'm not in Chris Rock's class. But then they show some guy who only my 14-year-old son knows who it is. What do I have to do to get on? <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. You have to stop wearing a name tag. When you walk <laughs> around with your name tag to show people who you are, it kind of turns them off. So take the name tag off, and they'll put you on. <laughs> is that it? That's all I have to do? <laughs> yes. You know how many times Gabe says to me, Daddy, you're next, Daddy, you're next, and it's like some girl who sang in a band in, like, you know, 1971 who's been out of the business for 30 years. I go, I'm never coming. It's never going to happen. I'm going to talk to Breen, so I just talked to him. Now, who is the guy on this Nick team with this great season as we start the postseason against the Cavaliers on Saturday that has that Willis Reed role? Who's the, the leader, the captain? When things aren't going well, who's the Nick that brings them together. It's Jalen Brunson. I heard uh, Tim Legler's soundbite, and he's so right. Brunson had had one of the great seasons by a point guard, even by any guard in franchise history. He's one of the top seasons by when you look at what he did, not just from a number standpoint, uh, but again from the leadership standpoint, from a clutch standpoint, and uh, I, I just think he's changed the perception of the franchise. Because now you have this special young player who's talented, has this toughness about him and the leadership quality that it just makes a difference um, that you feel like you have a chance every night. And also at the end of games, you feel confident with the ball in his hands that he's going to make the right decision. And he's one of those players that, and, and you can't say this about a lot of them, but it's the old cliche. He makes those around him better. Yep. And I, I, you had all those things, and his numbers, what he put up, I don't think anybody I, – I, I kid his father about this. His father's one of the assistant coaches, Rick, that even he didn't expect him to score this much and this efficiently. And his father says, no, we knew he had it in him. <laughs> and he's proved that at other levels, but this is the first chance in the NBA that he's the one that has the keys to the car. He, he, he was never going to have that in Dallas as long as Doncic was there. But now he's got to the keys to the car, and he is driving magnificently. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800 560 for a free consultation or email at info at gobblelaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Yeah, Mark Cuban kicks himself in the ass almost every day. Actually, blame Rick for Jalen leaving and coming to New York. That's fine. But I'll tell you how good Jalen Brunson is. There's very few point guards in the league who would start over Emmanuel quickly. I know he's a great six-man coming off the bench. I know the Knicks like him in that role. So do I. But every time this guy's forced into starting duty, he's good for 30. He's good for 40. He also finds the open man, great passer, really good ball handler. That's how you know Jalen Brunson is great because he starts ahead of Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, no, quickly, um, you know, quickly and Quentin Grimes are two young players who've taken an enormous leap this year. And, you know, Tom Thibodeau used to get criticism for not, playing younger players 
well, he has been a big part of why these two younger players have grown because he's, he's given them confidence. He's given them the, the minutes, especially at the end of games. And those two players have taken giant leaps. And that's one of the reasons why this team is, is really starting to come on. It's why they have a real legitimate chance to beat the Cavs in the first round. And that nobody wanted to play them in the playoffs because they, they've just got a toughness about them. And these young players play with such a great spirit. It's, uh, it's been one of the more enjoyable seasons I've had uh, broadcasting Nick games in a long time. Yeah, I felt the same way being at the Garden, not, a, not broadcasting like you. You're an integral part of the team. Uh, I just show up, and, and I feel the, the excitement. It's, it's palpable. It really is. And, and, you know, we talked here about Brunson, and I love R.J. Barrett's game. He's a slasher, gets to the foul line. But a lot of Nick fans think this team will either go or not go as far as Julius Randle does. Julius had a great year a couple of years ago, took a step backwards, and another great year this year. But he comes off that ankle injury, has not played the last five regular season games, seems to be in doubt whether he'll play on Saturday. So it's a two-question deal here, Mike Breen. A, do you think Randall will play? And if he really can't play, can the Knicks still win? Well, first off, I I think he's going to play. Um, I don't have any inside information. I do know that he's progressed really well. He's out of the walking boot. He was doing some shooting the other day. He's been getting treatment nonstop. You know, whether or not he, he starts playing in game one, uh, that I don't know. But I, I'm sure at one point he'll play. And, and they, they desperately need him if they want to beat the Cavs. He's really the one player on the team that draws double teams. And in a playoff series, especially when you play a great defensive team like the Cavaliers, and they are a great defensive team, you need that player who draws double teams. Um, and he's the one guy that does it. And you, you can't, you don't have seasons where you score 25, 10 rebounds, four assists. Very few players in the league were able to do that. Yeah. Um, and the, the ones that, that have done that this year, they're, they're guys that are up for the MVP consideration. Is he the perfect player? No. And did he lose his poise a few times toward the tail end of the season? Absolutely. But but he is he's one of the more talented forwards. He's got a chance to be all NBA and he's the I would say, you know, just as big a reason why they had the season they had. The guy puts up big numbers night after night and prior to the ankle injury he did something that most players don't do. He played every game. Hmm. So yep. availability is key. So many guys are sitting out. This guy comes ready to play every single night. And I do like how deep this team is. We talked about, you You mentioned Thibodeau playing young players. He went with the nine-man rotation, which I thought was terrific. McBride saw some playing time late, but I like the one-two punch of Robinson and Hartenstein. I love Hart. That was a great acquisition. Uh, Toppin, when he's out there for minutes, usually does something. So I think the Knicks might maybe one more big-time player away from beating teams like like Milwaukee and Boston in the postseason regularly. But right now, this is a pretty deep basketball team, very talented, I would say, for a five seed. Yes, I, I agree. Um, you know, Boston, by the way, they beat Boston three out of four games yes. this year. Three in a row. Uh, and, had, and had some of their best wins against them. They actually match up pretty well with Boston. Um, and they, they beat the Cavaliers three out of four as well. Now, it's, it's a different story in the playoffs. If you remember two years ago, Knicks had beaten the Hawks four out of four during the regular season and then lost in five games in the playoffs. So you've got to adjust and, and you've got to come ready because every everybody now starts playing defense once the playoffs begin. Um, so it's going to be a really difficult matchup, but they've got a chance. And, you know, the Cavs, is, as great as they are, Donovan Mitchell was sensational this year. They've got those two big guys in Mobley and Jared Allen. So it's I, I can't wait to see how they perform. 
Brunson has already shown he can perform in the playoffs well. He uh, he had a 41-point game last year with Dallas when Doncic was out, so he's not going to shy away. Josh Hart has never played in the playoffs, so he's going to be fired up. I just think the you – know, I can't wait for game three of the Garden. I can't wait for game one, but that first game of the Garden is going to be great because, as you said, the fans have kind of fallen in love with this team, and it's a fan base. That's what I might be most happy about is that the fan base gets a team like this. It is the most loyal fan base in the NBA as far as I know I'm not objective. I'm from New York my whole life. I've been a Knicks fan since I was eight. <laughs> um, but it's a fan base that deserves a team like this, and, and this team supplied it. Last 60 seconds, our mutual friend, as I do this interview once again from the Bernard McGurk Studios here at the WABC, he um big MMA guy, big UFC guy, and he would, you know, reluctantly talk about some of the major sports with me, but never basketball because he really did love the Knicks, and he loved you. You guys, very, very close. In fact, you were friends with Bernard well before you and I became friends, or me and Bernie became friends. He loved you, and he loved when the Knicks were in the playoffs. He'd always say, get to hear Breen and, Breen and Jackson and Van Gundy. So something tells me, Mike, that our mutual friend will be watching this, from the heavens above, and uh, rooting for you and the Knicks because he loved you when he did like this team. Well, he, he was he was a closet Knicks fan. He didn't want to admit <laughs> right. what a big Knicks fan he was, and uh, I knew it. He used to text me sometimes during games because uh, he was he was so into it. Um, it's still so hard to believe yeah. Sid, that that he's gone. But I, I have to tell you, I so appreciate how you. You've kept his memory alive. You constantly talk about him and his influence. Yep. So uh, for all of us who love Bernard, we love you for that. I love you too, Mike Breen, and uh, looking forward to your call on Saturday and throughout all the NBA playoffs and eventually you, Mark, and Jeff. And uh, you're a great, great basketball guy, but, man, you may be the best human being I've ever met. And that's, uh, that says a lot. I love you. Thank you so much. All right, Sid, and don't forget, take off the name tag. <laughs> you got it. There he is, everybody, the Hall of Fame voice. What a great guy, the New York Knicks, Mike Breen. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.